Hello, it's David here, and thank you for listening to The Leader. We're bringing you news, analysis, interviews, and commentary every day at 4pm. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss out, and give us a rating on your podcast provider too. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Is a second lockdown imminent? We're hearing of two meetings this week. On Wednesday night, the chief scientist and chief medical officer were advising we need the fire break. And on Thursday, the Chancellor had a meeting at number 10 where he is said to have presented the Prime Minister with some extremely worrying forecasts. Our political editor Joe Murphy on what's happening in Downing Street as the Health Secretary appears not to rule one out. And... I guess a lot of people have been thinking about adoption for some time, but with the opportunity, it probably led to people saying, well, let's make some of those really big life decisions and let's do it now. Sue Lowndes from the Quorum Adoption Charity. Did lockdown inspire more people to take children into their homes? Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, as coronavirus cases rise again, is a second lockdown coming? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. The national lockdown is the last line of defence. It is the thing that we can do to keep people safe if that's, if that's needed. From First Light, the health secretary Matt Hancock was doing television and radio interviews, this one on BBC Breakfast, stressing that the government wants to avoid a national lockdown, but not ruling it out. What they're calling a two-week circuit breaker is on the table, which could see a temporary ban on friends socialising and shorter hours or closures of pubs and restaurants. Our editorial column is concerned how an economy already hammered by the virus would handle further restrictions. The fact that such draconian measures are even being contemplated makes it imperative that the whole government is prepared, particularly Chancellor Rishi Sunak. He is already under pressure to replace his successful furlough scheme with targeted measures to help those industries which are still struggling to survive. The Chancellor's record gives this newspaper optimism that he can do so, but the same can't be said of our view of the Prime Minister's performance. Boris Johnson has been absent from battle too often, repeatedly leaving it to ministers to answer the difficult questions. It's time Mr Johnson communicates leadership. Even if behind the scenes he is operating effectively, we certainly don't feel it. Our political editor Joe Murphy is here. Joe, is a second lockdown a realistic possibility? 
it is a realistic possibility, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. And I certainly wouldn't want to scare anybody into thinking wrongly that we're going to have another blanket national lockdown as we had from March the 22nd through to June, July. I'm pretty certain that's not going to happen at the moment. The numbers don't remotely justify it. But there are big increases going on of the number of cases per 100,000 people. And the R rate is probably a little over one in many places. Uh, And that means that there are going to be some restrictions, I think, in London before long. That kind of national blanket lockdown where people have to stay at home, nobody's talking about that as a possibility at the moment. What instead, and this is a real change, is we're looking at social lockdowns. And I think these are going to be coming to London during October. And what would that look like? Well, the scientific research over the summer, research that I'm sure was aided by the Eat Out to Help Out campaign, which got everybody out socialising and having a good time in August. But what that's shown is that the vast majority of infections that people get is not from strangers on the tube or from people passing you in corridors or in the park. The vast majority of transmissions actually take place from friend to friend and within families when people are socialising and in their own homes. And so the restrictions that we're looking at will be targeting that sort of activity. So you've seen some of this being brought in in the north. The northwest today has had curfews where they close um, entertainment venues from 10 o'clock, um, where they bar people from socialising between different households or with friends. And these are actually quite severe restrictions on individual freedoms and the ability to have fun. But by doing so, they hope to maintain the prize of schools being open so children get an education and workplaces being open for as many people as possible so that people can make a living and keep the economy going. Is that what this circuit breaker that some ministers have been talking about is about? Yeah, the circuit breaker is an interesting idea. It's a bit like when Boris Johnson the other day used that very old-fashioned phrase, a stitch in time saves nine. A two-week firebreak, if you like, to try and slow the surge down, and at the end of it, hopefully, we'll just go along at a more moderate pace of infections rather than letting it get out of control. And that's important because if you look over the channel, you see hospitals filling up in Madrid, you see very high infection rates in France now. And the health secretary said today, I fear more people may die. That's a heavy, heavy warning. If we do have further restrictions, though, if there are shorter hours for pubs or closures on restaurants, can Britain afford it? That's a really interesting question. And we're hearing of two meetings this week that were absolutely critical. On Wednesday night, Chris Whitty and Patrick Valance, the chief scientist and chief medical officer, were advising we need the fire break, we need the circuit breaker, that, that attempt to slow things down. And on Thursday, the Chancellor had a meeting at number 10 where he is said to have presented the Prime Minister with some extremely worrying forecasts for what would happen to the economy if we go into any form of severe or extended lockdown. So this is where you come on to the Prime Minister's hope, a stitch in time. 
will save that heavy lockdown, that blanket lockdown from happening. And hopefully, being that at the end of all this, we'll be able to balance the books again one day. Next. We're absolutely delighted we've now got a steady group of people coming through who could, in principle, be looking at being matched with a child in the new year. Sue Lowndes on why more people are asking about adoption and what that says about how the country is handling this pandemic. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. At the height of lockdown, during that spring when social contact was forbidden, when some of us didn't see another soul for weeks, even months, something extraordinary seems to have happened. The Coram Adoption Charity says it's seen a rise in the number of people asking to take in children and make them part of their family. It's not just a little bump, it's up 24% on the year before. Could it be that lockdown itself is behind it? Well, the charity Sue Lowndes is with me. And Sue, you've been dealing with what is really quite a significant rise in inquiries. What do you think is inspiring so many people to consider adoption? I think it's that people have had more time to think, particularly in those early days in that wonderful spring we had when people were at home. I think it was a time for people to really think about what mattered to them in life. What were their own goals that they were wanting to achieve in life, what was really important. And I suppose it's heartwarming, the fact that people have thought, well, actually, family life is something that we really value. And I guess a lot of people have been thinking about adoption for some time. But with the opportunity, I guess, of everyone working at home, just for those early months of the lockdown, it probably led to people saying, well, let's make some of those really big life decisions. And let's do it now. Were you expecting this? Because at the time when this rise is coming up, we're right in the middle of lockdown. We're being told to stay away from each other. And yet here are people who want to reach out during that time. I think it probably was a surprise, actually. You never quite know what's going to encourage somebody to make uh, that call. You don't know what's going on in their minds. But I guess as we've come to reflect on it now and we think about what that whole experience was for us individually, we know that we were thinking about those important things in life, what actually mattered. But the numbers have been much greater than we had anticipated. And it wasn't that we were particularly promoting adoption, far from it. You know, we were, we were going about managing our businesses so we could deliver adoption in a new way because we were having to learn how to do everything online you know we, you know a week or two before we were office-based workers and then you know we we you know we knew it was coming and we you pick up your laptops and your phones and you say okay so next week we're going to be completely virtual but what about the children that you're working with this must be 
I would expect, or at least would hope, a really good thing for them, because I bet a lot of them were wondering, if we're in a, a time of isolation, who's going to be looking for a new family? Absolutely, absolutely. And we've been very pleased that the children whose arrangements we weren't able to follow through at the point of, co- you know, point initial point of lockdown, all of that has been worked through now. And so lots of families have been made during this period. Lots of children have gone to live with adoptive families, which we're really pleased about. But there are lots of children waiting. There's around 200 children in London alone that are looking for adoptive families. And that's why um, we, you know, business is normal. You know, we wanted to keep everything happening um, because the ch- we didn't want to miss any opportunity for a child who's looking for a family to be adopted by misses out as a result of what's happened. And so we're absolutely delighted. We've now got a a study group of people coming through who hopefully in the next couple of months will be starting to look and be matched with a child. I mean, that's how quick it can be. You know, we're we're usually the assessment process, uh, if it runs through and there's no gaps, it's about six months. So potentially anyone coming forward now could in principle, you know, be looking at being matched with the child in the new year so that's what motivates us that's what we're doing um and the new national campaign that's just come out this week is very much giving out those sort of positive messages about saying to people this is the time to come forward and think about adoption so for those people who are thinking about adoption and coming forward what kind of advice can you give to them what's the first step I would say the first thing is become informed, understand what adoption's about. This is a huge commitment you're making. This is a lifelong commitment, which was hugely rewarding, but you do need to do your research. So take time, read the information that's out there, and then just take that bold, confident step uh, is to give us a call and say we're interested in adopting and then people can take we take some basic information and then normally the first thing that happens is you you um, go to one of our information events and then we take it on from there is it worthwhile Sue? absolutely no question about it having a family is absolutely worthwhile having a family through adoption is absolutely worthwhile being able to change a child's life Uh, through adoption is absolutely worthwhile it's transformational it's absolutely transformational and I guess that might be one of the things that has probably prompted so many people to make an inquiry is that that when things were looking so bleak for everyone people probably you know took thought well this is a transformational opportunity for me I'm going to do this I'm going to do this now so absolutely worthwhile and if it's you've ever been thinking about it this is a good time really is a good time to make that inquiry. And that's The Leader. You can keep up with all the latest developments with the Evening Standard's live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from The Evening Standard. This podcast is back on Monday at 4pm.